Hey everybody, this is episode 3 of Please Be Excited. Today's episode is focused on two movies um, that are early 2020 releases, The Gentleman and Birds of Prey, and I really wanted to talk about these two movies together because I think it's interesting that one, <laughs> one is a mostly male cast, and then one is a mostly female cast, and then structurally the two films are very similar and have a similar kind of framework that the narrative is told in, so I thought it'd be interesting to compare the two and talk about the two together, and sorry if this episode is a little rambly. We recorded it at like 1 a.m. last night, after a night out, and we're very tired, but I think it's a pretty good episode, and I hope you enjoy. Please be excited. I'm recording now. I just hit record. Why are you signing into my bank account? Why are you signing into your bank account right now? Because I want to. Oh my lord. Oh my god. Can we get started on this? I'm recording right now. Right now. I'm recording a podcast. I skipped the terms and conditions. You should never skip the terms and conditions. I would not have pressured you into that had I known. Whatever. Can we get started? Are we rolling? We're rolling. Okay, let's go. We're 30 seconds into this. Welcome. Welcome to... <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Please be excited. Yeah. Three. Episode three. Nick and Nico. My name is John. Who are... Who are I speaking to? <laughs> Do you edit that out? Or are you going to... No, I'm going to keep all of this. Okay. All right. What's your name? I'm, you should know my name. <laughs> my name is John. I'm joined by Grace. Uh-huh. My lovely <laughs> partner. <laughs> he says they're clenched teeth. <laughs> well, your eyes were fixed on me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Keep it PG, please. Keep it PG. Okay. Alright, so this episode we were going to talk about the Gentleman first, because you have not seen that, and mm-hmm. I was just going to run through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then Birds of Prey. Yeah. 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 So, let's get to The Gentleman. Okay. And I wanted to talk about these two movies, because structurally, they are very similar. Because The Gentleman has... First, okay... Give us a synopsis of okay. The Gentleman. 
Okay, so... What do you know about the gentleman? I know everything about the gentleman. Okay, tell me about it. Okay, so the gentleman features Matthew McConaughey. Correct. Right, and it's got kind of this, like, ensemble cast. Correct. You know, just yeah. like another movie with Matthew McConaughey, probably. Yeah. At some point. Okay, so... The title itself is a reference to that one episode of How I Met Your Mother, where, <laughs> listen, listen to me, where, it's true, where the, um, there's, like, the inside joke of, like, the gentleman, yeah, right, but, right. um, it's, like, an, it's an inside joke in some of the, yeah. um, friend group, they don't get it, because yeah. they weren't there, I don't remember if it was, like, Ted, yeah, you were doing Louie, right? Right, and that gets me to my next point. So Neil Patrick Harris from How I Met Your Mother yeah. is in The Gentleman, yeah. so it's kind of like this like whoa moment, right? Um. Anyways, so The Gentleman features Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. And his brother. Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like. Their adventures out on the town, exactly like mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother. It is, yeah. But with Matthew McConaughey instead of whoever plays Ted Mosby. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't remember. And so movie. it's them, the gentlemen. Yeah. And then there's one more, right? Because gentlemen, plural, right? There's <laughs> one more. And this is, this is like the the twist yeah that you figure out yeah. so the whole movie sets it up like there's three of them there's a twist <laughs> yeah. don't you remember the twist like like 40 minutes in yeah okay so yeah. the first like 40 45 minutes yeah um not including like the intro mm-hmm. scene. <laughs> there is an intro yeah scene. and so the first 40 to 45 minutes is setting it up like um, there's a third gentleman yeah. in the gentleman mm-hmm. group, yeah. right? Yes. It sets it up like it's a man. Yeah. But it's actually yeah, they, Scarlett Johansson. They flip it on you. Yeah, they flip it on you. Yeah. And then it's like a mind-boggling kind yeah. of like... Whoa. Brain explosion because you're just like, whoa, that was my own bias thinking that the gentleman yeah. was. This is a very was progressive a movie. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> that's the best that I can do without spoiling like so the that's, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the gentleman. That's a good setup. Just for anybody who's not familiar with the movie, I think you just set it up very well. Thank you. <laughs> The first, like, 50 minutes. Yeah. First 50 minutes? <laughs> well, it's, it's a five-hour, 23-minute movie. Right. You're right, yeah. There's, like, 20 minutes. There's de- two intermissions. Dedicated to the introduction of each of these characters. Before it even except, gets... Except... ScarJo? <laughs> except for <laughs> who? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Oh, did you confuse them? Did you? No, it's okay. They're both in there. They're both in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
The Gentleman is like an ironic title because most of the cast is women. It's mostly actresses. Right? Yeah, but the first, like I said, 40, yeah. 45 minutes sets it up like they're all men. Yeah. When in reality, Matthew McConaughey and Neil Patrick Harris are the only men in the movie. Right. Like, only men. We're talking, like, background characters, everything. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing. So think, How I Met Your Mother, Neil Patrick Harris is still there. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is still, well, I don't know, he's there. And then ScarJo, Natalie Portman, but instead of, like... Are there any other actresses in the movie? Um... <laughs> give me a second, I'm trying to remember, like, names and faces. Um, Emma Watson... Yeah, she was in there. Just, like, for a brief... Like twenty. Lupita, minutes. Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who plays Robin? Um. Uh, that is not Emma Watson, but Emma Thompson. Yeah, and then there was um, Emma Stone and Emma. That's Emma. Emma yeah. yeah, like from. The, if you know the like the pop star Emma, goes by one singular. What one. about that horror movie? Wasn't there? In the, what? <laughs> from what the horror, horror? Isn't there a horror movie called Emma? There's a like a. Austin, like a is it an Aust Jane Austen or is it a Bronte? James Austin was also James Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Should we introduce the movie now, or? What do you mean? That was it. <laughs> that was it. So, that's all you need to know about The Gentleman, obviously. We're yeah. very excited about it. Um, really pumped. Stoked. Even. Yeah, Rebel Wilson's in it. Um, Anna Kendrick is in it. Just, uh, just in the end credits. Yeah. She does the Cups song in the... Oh, yeah. It's a great... But it's, like, she does it during, like, the intro part, but you don't know that it's her. But, like, you should know it's her, because it's a cup song, and then they'd have, like, the reprise version of it. They do, but they do, like, they do the cup song in the intro, but it's gongs. Yes. It's, like, gong noises. So it's kind of hard to, Replacing the cups. Try so you can't to put it together, yeah, but then you, can't. you realize later on you can't place it at the start, but later on you put it together. I know this is Anna Kendrick specifically doing the cup song right. on gongs. Well, it's good because it's kind of like that sense of familiarity, you yeah. know, without being like too familiar, you yeah, because it's the cup song. Yeah. But also it's gone. Everybody so knows the cups. You know, everybody knows the cups. And everybody Everybody's loves familiar gongs. with it. Everybody loves gongs. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good gong? I really wanted to put a gong noise right there. <laughs> do you know how to do that? No. Okay. All right. Moving should we, on. Should we talk about? Oh, we're done with this movie. Well, that's all. That... <laughs> We don't want to spoil too much. Do you not want to talk about this? (laughs) That was it. That was... Okay. We went... We just went like eight minutes. 
on that on that not bit totally legit <laughs> okay I can talk I can talk about the gentleman for a little bit maybe I'll okay all right all right we took a quick break but now we're back okay I just <laughs> Take me seriously. Let's go. So, I just wanted to mention. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say that I watched The Gentleman, right? I feel that's a bit misleading. Yeah. I experienced it. You know, it's more of like like a feeling than like a visual experience. It's a lived experience. Mm -hmm. You know, so you remember when... Cats, for example. Cats, That's another, yeah. like, very, like, lived yeah. experience. It's not just watching, right. you know, you're, like, emotionally mm -hmm. invested. Mm -hmm. Which I think we should do an episode on cats. We can do an episode on by cats. By the way, because... But yeah, I get what you're saying. Top tier. Yeah. It's like when you're in a hostage situation... No, I wouldn't. A I wouldn't. shared experience. No, I I mean more of like on a spiritual level instead mm. of just I see this and I take it in. It's like it becomes part of you. It's like immersive. Yeah. You know, that's what I think. That's what cats. you thought about. Oh, the, no, and cats, also the gentleman, the gentleman in extension. Right. Who's in the gentleman? Um. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Rebel Wilson, yeah. Anna That's... Kendrick, just a little bit of like cameo stuff going on yeah. there. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Um, That's the main cast. Like that rounds out the main cast. Right? ScarJo, did I say her? ScarJo, right. Yeah, and Emma Watson, Emma Stone, Emma, and Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like we're missing somebody, somebody, somebody big name. Oh. Jennifer Lopez? Was she in it? Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? I love her. Like, Selena era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Selena era. Yeah. Like, in the late, late 90s, wasn't that? Early I don't know 2000s. if that was late 90s. That was not early 2000s. It must. It was in the 90s. Okay. Sometime. Yeah. yeah. Jenny I, from I the Block. I feel like it was like 95-ish. Probably. Maybe 93. Yeah. I don't know. I just... She yeah, was really was good in The Gentleman. Yeah. 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 Underrated character in that movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So we're 13 minutes and have not talked about the actual movie at all. I don't know what you're talking about. That was the movie. Can we, Can I talk about this or do you just want to skip to Birds of Prey? Um, I'm going to say what you want to do, but also think of what the people want. <laughs> okay. You know, like we gave them... A really good yeah. kind of gauge for yeah. what the movie is. 
You know what? Deepen, deepen their understanding of the gentleman. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop drop the bit a little bit. Whatever. <laughs> drop the bit for uh. now. <laughs> to talk about the gentleman. Okay. 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 Starring Matthew McConaughey. You yeah. got that. You got mm-hmm. that part. Um, I don't think you got any other uh, other cast members. Well, who's in it? That's okay. <laughs> it's got Charlie Hunnam. I don't know him. Sons of Anarchy. I don't know that. King Arthur. That's a um, Henry Golding. Don't know him. Crazy Rich Asians. He's in that. Which person? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I watched it on a plane. Jeremy Strong. He's no. on. HBO Succession. Don't know that. Show. Okay. Hugh Grant. Not Colin Firth, but the other guy. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. You know him. Yeah, he's the Prime Minister on Love Actually. Yes. Colin Farrell. True Detective Season 2 guy with the little hair. The guy I don't like? The guy, not the tall one. Not Vince Vaughn. Which Here's the other one you didn't which like. Which season's the Oh The second season. He's yeah. Like the guy that rides the motorcycle? No, not the uh, guy that rides the uh Yeah. Just the one that says he's gonna like butt fuck the dad's headless corpse on the what front. This is not PG. This is not. You did not put like a content warning. It says explicit on the tag. Like I tagged it it explicit. Uh, Already? (laughs) I mean, I tagged this show as explicit. Interesting. When it got uploaded. Okay. Uh, And Michelle Dockery, the only woman in the movie, I think. Wow, I was ambitious. Yeah, you were very (laughs) ambitious. You know what? I think that says something. It does. But it's very interesting. Kind of reversed. Even Birds of Prey had more male characters than the gentlemen had female characters. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Male characters are literally never underrepresented. That's true. They still have a sizable amount of stuff to do on Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Like kill everybody? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. The Gentleman is about Matthew McConaughey. And you said that. Yes, he said that. Oh, I don't need to give a synopsis. I'm just trying to... Okay, let me go a little bit. Okay. The Gentleman is directed by Guy Ritchie. uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Snatch. Rock and Roller. The Sherlock Holmes movies. um, King Arthur. Aladdin. Um, And then it's also written by him. And it's about Matthew McConaughey is like the head of this 
huge um, weed empire, marijuana empire in England. And he's this American who's built up this empire and he's trying to sell it off and get out of the business. But then there's the uh, Henry Golding character, which I believe is a Chinese gang. Um, and he's trying to buy it, but then kind of starts intimidating McConaughey's character and making moves and all that. And then there's Jeremy Strong, who is um, kind of being courted by McConaughey as the potential buyer. And if you've seen any Guy Ritchie movies, then it kind of turns into a big mix and like everybody getting crisscross with storylines and uh huge like really big ensembles and you know multiple storylines that kind of converge at various points and then oh like they all adds up to something and uh, that's basically how most of his movies work like the big ones like lock stock snatch and rock and roller um, the gangster movies specifically. Um, yeah. This movie, one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. I haven't seen a lot of movies this year, but... Like 2020? 2020, yeah. But it's one of my favorites, but then I have... It's one of the movies that I have, like, a lot of problems with that I recognize problems that I have with it, like, as I'm watching it. Because I think it's aware of its problems. Like, not, not, like, the craft or, like, structurally or things in the filmmaking, but, like, storytelling or, like, uh, characters or social commentary or any stuff like that. Because... He wrote, like, he wrote Rock and Rollo, which came out, twenty like, 2008 or something. And a huge plot line in Rock and Rollo, and something that I love about that movie is Tom Hardy. Um, his character is, like, a closeted gay guy. And he's in this super masculine... Uh, like, gangster business and in the crime world and everything. And he's this closeted gay guy who has feelings for the, like, lead of the movie, which is Gerard Butler. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. But, um, anyways. So he's, like, this closeted gay guy who's in, like, a hyper-masculine crime world. And it's just one storyline that runs through the whole movie. And Gerard Butler's character starts off as, like, kind of defensive and, like, homophobic. But then becomes accepting over the course of the movie and, like, different scenes. Because this guy who's closeted has been his best friend, like, his, for a long time. Anyways... So I have a hard time, like, watching this movie and then seeing the, 
if you want to call it like offensive or non-PC humor in this movie that um they like I mean some of it it just I mean it feels very like of I guess what you would assume like of that world and of the crime world because you have um there's like very hyper specific things with like either McConaughey's American character or like uh Hugh Grant plays like a super slimy private detective guy who you know works with like tabloid writers and uh gets involved in a lot of the crime world and stuff and I guess Hugh Grant's character is also supposed to be gay and there's different things throughout the movie where um his character like the framing device of the movie is Hugh Grant is a private detective who has all of this dirt on Matthew McConaughey's character and he's going to sell all of that dirt, all the bad info to the editor of like a um like a trash tabloid magazine mm-hmm. or whatever. So he's telling all of this information to Charlie Hunnam. So this is where like the similarity between uh, gentleman and birds of prey comes in because there's like narration and somebody telling another person a story and different things that happen mm-hmm. but it also cuts back and forth between scenes so you'll see you'll see scenes out of order so you'll see like mm-hmm. um you'll see setup and or you'll like you'll see like the like the punchline of a joke before you ever see the setup of a joke and you'll that's kind of how it works with a lot of the scenes is like you'll get this piece which is the third piece the end piece and then you'll get the first piece and then it might set up another one and give you you know the first piece or the third piece and then in between that then give you like the second piece of the first storyline or the joke so it kind of like jumps back and forth between all the different perspectives and storylines mm-hmm. and then eventually all interconnects and like syncs up and everything which I really like as a storytelling device and I think that like Guy Ritchie has throughout his career has done that with a lot of his movies so I think he can move into that and is like really comfortable jumping back and forth with that narrative type um but yeah I was getting into like the maybe offensive nature of like the humor and all that but it's one of those things where literally everybody is being made fun of so like there's shit about McConaughey's character, I believe, like, because he's a Southern, uh, um, like, a Southern American guy. There's, like, jokes about that kind of culture. And then Hugh Grant's character is um, 
a gay guy and he's telling this story to Charlie Hunnam and he's like you're either going to be offended by it or not but I don't necessarily think a lot of it is offensive like he's making he's constantly like making passes at Charlie Hunnam's character and Charlie Hunnam's character is like not outraged by it at all it's kind of like you know tongue-in-cheek like he just like smirks or he's like or he like makes a disappointed face like really that kind of thing so you're either going to be outraged that like a gay guy is getting turned down or played like that kind of relationship I guess exists within this story for laughs anyways what I was trying to get at is there's I've seen a lot of like negative reviews about this movie and a lot of negative opinions saying that the movie is offensive and isn't politically correct and different things like that which I don't think everything needs to be and I don't think it has to function I don't think characters I don't think real people have to be politically correct. They're not politically correct. So I don't think that the film is unaware that characters say and do things that aren't politically correct. Um, and there's just different stuff like that throughout of like throughout all of Guy Ritchie's movies that I don't think he's unaware of and I don't think it's intended with malice or as something hateful um but there is like there is stuff in the movie um that like I talked to you about Mm -hmm. just to get into spoiler stuff but I talked to you about like the there's a scene kind of late in the movie where Michelle Dockery's character is being, like, held hostage um, by Henry Golding's character. And Michelle Dockery's character is the wife of Matthew McConaughey in the movie. Henry Golding has made a move on McConaughey's empire and all this stuff, and he's trying to you know, use her as leverage, um, as a bargaining chip to, like, get at McConaughey to get his drug empire, and there's a scene late in the movie that did really bother me, because she's, like, the only woman character in the movie, and then it's just a kind of a lazy, uh, plot device is, like, you know, sexual assault or threat of sexual assault, So it's, like, used as a, as, like, a point of tension in the movie is, um, McConaughey is trying to get to her to save her from Henry Golding, and, like, through this sequence that, uh, is, like, intercut between the three of them, um, it's, like, McConaughey running to try and get to her while... Henry Golding is, like, getting ready to rape her, basically. And it's just, like, 
felt totally unnecessary. But, like, it's really lazy. I can also see... I can see, like, what they were trying to do because throughout the entire movie there's this whole stuff set up with... (laughs) There's all this stuff set up with, like, McConaughey is the king of the jungle and Henry Golding is, like, another, you know, whatever animal that's, you know, trying to stake his claim and take over the kingdom and all this stuff. So I can see, like, on a thematic level, it's kind of, like, animalistic for him to take McConaughey, the lion's queen, the woman, and claim her as his own, that kind of thing. Like, thematically, I guess that makes sense, but I think it's just super lazy as, like, a storytelling plot device for tension. And I think that just holding her hostage, like, her life in his hands is just as powerful, more more so. Uh, So that really bothered me because, like, I loved the rest of the movie. Um, Well, most of the movie. (laughs) I really liked it. Um, But another, like, another negative point of the movie for me was the cinematography just because Guy Ritchie's movies his whole career have like maybe they're not stunning films visually but they all have like points throughout each movie have set pieces or just different sequences that um have like a strong visual style they're like you know change things up from either the established visual language of the movie up till that point or just you know it's something new that you don't really see in like a blockbuster movie like if you think of um like you can think of I guess you could make a comparison between the fights in Snatch and like the fights in um Sherlock Holmes where it's like super slow-mo uh I think I don't think Snatch does like the um setup stuff with that Sherlock Holmes does where he like narrates everything he's going to do mm-hmm. and then it plays it out like actually in regular speed because you'll see it like super slow-mo whenever he's talking about it and then it'll actually play out the scene regular speed and you see it all. Um, but there's like that in the first Sherlock Holmes movie. In the second Sherlock Holmes movie, there's the forest sequence where there's like mortar being shot off and like uh, gunfire and everything. And they have the like the body cams that are, um, you know, aimed at their face. So it like super focuses on their face as their entire body is moving and uh there's a lot of stuff throughout the king arthur movie like that and a few scenes throughout man from uncle um they're like that where it like totally switches the the visuals that um have been established up to that point for the movie uh and that was 
yeah, that was a really big disappointment for me is Guy Ritchie, I guess, used the same director of photography that he had from Aladdin, from the Disney Aladdin movie for this. So, like, a lot of the scenes just feel super flat and very basic and, like, not very inventive or creative and don't change things up. Like, the most exciting it gets is... Um, there's a really good, really, really good sequence involving Charlie Hunnam's character where something goes wrong with them, like, extracting this rich girl from, uh, uh, like, an apartment complex, uh, like a shady apartment complex. And something goes wrong, and Charlie Hunnam and his crew have to, like, chase down these teenagers um, throughout the neighborhood, and that's, like, the most exciting that the movie gets, really, um, but other than that, it was kind of, like, a weak film visually, uh, but the structure that I already talked about, the structure I really liked, where it jumps back and forth, and it, like, sets up things, and then moves forward, set something else up and then kind of goes back and resolves this plot line and um kind of continuously jumps back and forth like that i really liked it and um it's if you've seen other guy Ritchie movies that's i just have to do a quick ranking mm-hmm. for me like rock and roller is my favorite guy Ritchie movie Every single time it's on TV, then I sit and watch it. It doesn't matter what point I come in. I love that movie. And then I would probably do Sherlock Holmes. And then maybe The Gentleman after that. I'm not going to cover the rest because there's so many. But, yeah, that's all I had to say on The Gentleman. Okay. 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 But you already knew all that because you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I, you saw I the movie. experienced it. Right, you experienced it. I experienced it. it. Okay. So, that's the gentleman. We're going to be moving on to Birds of Prey. Are you ready for Birds of Prey? Yeah. All right. All right, are you ready? Yeah, so with Birds of Prey, it starts out. Do you want to explain the opening scene? Me? Yeah, I don't remember what it opened Yeah. Like. Um... It starts out like there's this beautiful shot of a full moon over the water and um, you hear this like calling noise and you're just like calls and you hear um, kind of like a faint hoot, like a hoot in the distance. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see a feather fall from the sky and you realize we're looking at... Um, a reflection of the moon and the water and the camera kind of you know tilts up super fast and then follows these um this group of owls it's flying um through the night and they're actually being chased by uh, a very large hawk and um 
and like the you know, camera you know pans left it's just like super fast pans left and as it pans left and the owls and the hawk fly out of frame then it says birds of prey um very bright on the screen kind of neon colors that i thought were uh strong evocative um just you know kind of sets the tone for the entire movie mm-hmm. from that point so yeah the whole movie basically is about this last group of uh owls that have built their uh like their nests and their homes and these um these islands out in the water and there's hawks and eagles and they're like they've formed this like evil alliance to uh kill the owls (laughs) to get to get this key that's gonna unlock this chest you know i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you i did not catch on until like 10 seconds ago What you didn't realize what the movie was about until just now. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Anyways, I was like, I do not. No, but anyways, there's <laughs> there's like this old owl that uh, played by Jane Judy Gench, and it's um, the same owl from Winnie the Pooh, actually. Yeah, and she has a. Um, what's that thing called? She has a cane and a peg leg and a peg wing and... <laughs> and a peg beak. <laughs> a peg beak. <laughs> and a eye patch. And, um... And, like, one of those neck braces things. Neck she's braces. she's got, like, owl's neck. Like, like runner's, runner's runner. knee, but... You know, when you turn your neck too fast when you're an owl. Yeah. It just happens. But she wears a shawl, and um, she's, like, super wise. Um, Yeah, it's a new new role for her. Yeah, and uh, who is it that's in the movie? Is it... Oh, the leads of the movie. I totally forgot. The leads of the movie are... Jennifer Hart. Jennifer Hart? Yeah, you're right about that. And uh, Willow Smith and oh yeah, Jaden Smith. All the Smiths. Um, no, just those two. And no, the Smiths like the band. The Smiths. Oh, Morrissey. Yeah. Uh, Johnny. Mars. Appleseed. Appleseed. Yeah. Mars Appleseed. So basically, like, if you're looking for. Um, thought-provoking family. T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T? <laughs> <laughs> thought-provoking, you know, just a really good movie yeah. to... Yeah. Yeah. Before, like, a night out, you know? Before a night out. Before you, yeah. Yeah. Go... Shake it in the club. Before you go make that ass jump in the club, watch Birds of Prey. Watch Birds of Prey. And then, um, 
James Judy Dench. James Judy Dench. <laughs> James Judy Dench in yeah. a uh, shawl. Shawl. <laughs> in a shawl. That, that was owl and shawl together. <laughs> they say that in the movie. Yeah. She says that. Yeah. Like, right before she does, like, the looking straight into the camera and singing yeah. anything. Sing, yeah. Yeah. She, she does, like, a reprise of that one song from Cats. From Cats. But as an owl. But as an owl, yeah. They kind of translate it to owl culture. Yeah, it's really well translated, I think. I don't think it was done inappropriately. I think it was very... Respectful. Yeah, it was really respectful. Yeah. There's a... I mean, there's similarities there's differences between cats and owl culture and they didn't they kind of well yeah because you've they got were able, cats they were, and then like owls are just gumby by any yeah any comparison but i think they were they didn't sidestep it they were able to navigate the differences and i thought that that was yeah very impressive. it wasn't like drawing a divide between them it was more of appreciating differences yeah that's what the whole movie is about basically when you get down to it yeah because it's birds of prey birds as in cats yeah birds (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah did you not catch that i didn't catch that but glad you said yeah Birds as in cats, you know, cats of prey, birds of prey, owls of prey, shawls yeah. of prey, Shows. as James Judy Jensh would say. Would you like to talk about the movie? Yeah, well, we've been talking about it. Okay. So, <laughs> keep the bit. Keep yeah, I think it was a good one. All right, I think it was a good bit. Um, I think but do we need gonna... to actually set up the Okay, movie so, to talk birds about? of prey, um, it starts out. <laughs> it start it, the first thing that I remember, at least. Was, oh boy, let's see. Was what like do you remember? The, the cartoon drawing and yeah. Harley explaining what had happened between yes. like her and the Joker and her past. Yeah. And that sort of thing, and she's kind of like narrating and catching the audience up to speed with what's what has gone on in her life Mm -hmm. Um, do you have anything no it does it does a really good job because harley quinn's introduction and the the whole dc eu whatever cinematic universe is in suicide squad and she's just like a side character Mm -hmm. in that and you get barely any information about her you get you get the whole Joker relationship thing, and you get that she was, like, a psychiatrist or mm-hmm. whatever before she fell for the Joker. That's all you get. So, the cartoon intro was a good way to, like, reintroduce her, yeah, giving and... you that, but then also giving you more information mm-hmm. about her childhood and the steps leading up to her and the Joker. Right, and it was nice because it wasn't... It gave her the platform to tell you about herself yeah. on her own. So you're not hearing who she is through the Joker's perspective. Yeah. You're not hearing who she is through, like, police mm-hmm. perspective. You're hearing who she is and what has happened to her and her story. And she's 
literally narrating it herself. She's telling her own story from her own perspective, and I think that's really valuable. I mean, not just, like, her as a character, but Mm -hmm. her as, like, a woman. Yeah. It's really helpful that she's finally given the chance to control her own narrative. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very well put. Thank you. (laughs) What next? What did you have to say about it was great. It, it was, was great. great. It was very funny. It was... I would have liked more skating in it. Yeah. Um, just as someone <laughs> who's, like, very socially active in the skate community, I had seen a lot of um, hype put on that aspect of the movie, so I would have enjoyed there to be more than, you know, the dirty scene and then the skates coming out and that, like, um, one of the final fight scenes um but I feel like it was also very well placed um it wasn't like a lot of times when you see skating represented in like cinema it's kind of like a jokey thing you mm-hmm. know um cause you'll see people put on skates and then just like fall down and yeah. just so it was nice to see someone like doing derby Mm -hmm. and putting on skates and being good at it and excelling and actually using them Mm because when you think of skates they're this this is going to sound so nerdy of me like it put skates less of like as a goofy kind of toy thing yeah and more of like as like a tool yeah So not, like, as a game, it's, like, an actual way, because it is a good way to work out. It Mm -hmm. is a good way um, to get exercise, to, I mean, you can skate recreationally. It was really good to see um, her using the skates, not just, like, as kind of a joke, if that makes sense. No, I get it. You're, yeah, there's a lot of functionality to them. Um, I think that's usually, like, overlooked in media, though, so it was really nice to see. Yeah, it was, and, like, especially with the derby scene that's after her breakup, Mm -hmm. so, and she's, you see in that scene, she's taking, like, her aggression out on different characters, but Mm -hmm. she's using the skates to, and the derby to Mm kind of get all of that out, so there's, like, the function there but then later on then there's the action scene mm-hmm. and there's the chase scene and all that so it actually has like a practical use the skates are you know a vehicle a mode of transportation right. for her that are uh, more useful than just her running or sprinting or... and also as a way for her to deal with her emotions yeah you know like what you said with derby it's not just like a game they're actually like serving a purpose in our life so yeah, it was exactly. nice to see like the derby scene kind of in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and then have them reintroduced um when she kind of needs that extra push towards the end yeah cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right and then what do you want to talk about next there's like there's a lot of really good comedy in yeah. the movie and I don't know if we should 
talk about specific scenes or anything know. like that. We don't have to. But, yeah, there's a lot of that. And then there's, um, as I said in the gentleman uh, part, there's a lot of, like, structural similarities between the two movies with having, like, a narrator and having the story, like, constantly shifting and jumping back and forth mm-hmm. and things like that, which that both we saw I saw it twice and yeah. you've seen it once we saw it together the second time um I think that's still my biggest problem with the movie like just structurally it kind of like grinds things to a halt for me like my enjoyment but you I mean you pointed out that it's you know Harley telling Mm -hmm. her story um the other day you said it and you you know just said it now is her telling her story and she's kind of that's just like her personality is yeah kind of mixed up and uh like all over the place so like the plot of the story like would be all over the place if she's the one telling the story then it would be so it kind of works on that level I mean it does work on that level yeah I mean when I saw it I didn't I have a hard time paying attention to things when they're not like going straight in order Mm -hmm. um so I get really antsy when things start with like they start like in media race and they're like in the beginning of the movie like chronologically but then it's, like, a section from what would be the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time, like, focusing because then it, like, goes back in time. And it's, like, two days previously or whatever. Yeah. And I have a hard time focusing because I just, like, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, and I want all the answers then. But I didn't really... I didn't have any actual problems with that with this movie I mean it made a lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. the way that she was telling the story it wasn't distracting by any means on just for me personally it wasn't like that at all for me I think it I mean the way that she told things made sense to me so it would like introduce a character and we're just like, who the heck is that? And she's just like, oh yeah, by the way, yeah. this is, I think it, she used the word like grievance. Mm-hmm. This is this person's grievance against me. So it'll like go back to whatever had happened between them and show that. And then it'll jump back to where it um, like took off from. Mm-hmm. And so I think that solved a lot of like me questioning what yeah. was going on because like she would just stop right then to say yeah what was going on so it didn't it didn't bother me personally but yeah there's like i mean there's a lot of um there's a lot of like plot elements and story points that uh a lot of movies might try to just force in through exposition and like a straightforward manner and it kind of just says like I mean, literally has Harley be like, oh, yeah, I'm about that person. And then there's a flashback that 
quick little, you know, like two minute scene that lays out why this person is either hunting Harley or, you know, attacking Cassandra Kane or why they're, why they're in the movie, basically, whenever, you know, other movies would try to force it in and build this character up and they can, uh, get away with like a lot of different characters and a little uh, a lot of different bits and stuff like that because they just use the uh they just use flashbacks and things like that and say it doesn't matter you know if this is a fully rounded character or not but they also do for um for like the main cast they do a really good job introducing them all and giving them all giving each of them, like, their own introduction sequence. Oh, yeah, definitely. And giving them flashbacks and fleshed-out backstories and stuff like that and showing their backstories for each of them, um, which was really cool. Yeah. And I'm getting tired. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, really wanted, <laughs> I really wanted to point out uh, or just mention the, um, like, the first Huntress scene, mm. which is I think that's also Renee Montoya's introduction scene where um I think the whole thing is like in shot in one take where these mobsters in a restaurant have been murdered and it starts out as like the homicide police are at the crime scene investigating and uh Rosie Perez's character Renee Montoya um, she's going through the crime scene and kind of, you know, laying out what she thinks happened, like the sequence of events and everything. And as she's like talking about what the, uh, she thinks happened and like the sequence in which they happened, then, um, all, I think this is all done like in camera in one take. They like change the lighting on set and stuff. And then, um, just had like, the murdered mobsters you know just like sit back up in their chairs and um pretend that they were still alive like it was the time that they had died when they were murdered by this person and mary elizabeth winstead's character the huntress like comes through the door and renee montoya uh like exits the frame as all this happens so then it like transitions into a flashback and the whole murder scene happens and then as the murder scene happens and it slowly transitions out of that into Montoya uh, finishing up her explanation for the sequence of events and like the lighting changes back to what it was and then it um and then it like goes into the scene where Harley blows up the chemical factory because that happened a few minutes before and like we said, the movie constantly jumps back and forth between um, timelines and like things are just slightly off, whether it's by minutes, whether it's by hours, you'll see something happen and then get a scene that happens way before and then slowly realize, oh, that's building up to the pieces that I already have of the puzzle and then you get the full picture and that's kind of how it all unfolds. But that I thought that was a really cool sequence. And then the 
I wanted to like mention the score and the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack was really good. Oh yeah. There's. Oh yeah. I think it's like an all woman, all female soundtrack. I don't know, but it was bopping. It was really, really good. Uh, different like pop stars and R and B singers and stuff, but yeah, really good soundtrack throughout the whole movie. And then there's a score by uh, I think it was Daniel Pemberton who did the. Spider-Verse score. Um, I think he actually did King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie King Arthur score, and the Steve Jobs score. So that's like super varied scores right there, and just like to give you an idea of this person's depth. Um, so like the score was great, and it actually reminded me a lot, like different things within the movie... And the score specifically reminded me of, like, Quentin Tarantino movies, which I know you... I don't think you have seen a Quentin Tarantino so. movie, but there's just different things throughout. Um, and the score specifically kind of reminded me of, like, Ennio Morricone Western scores, like, old Western, spaghetti Western scores. And um, there's this kind of, like, schlocky grindhouse nature to the movie at certain points with like the grievances that you mentioned um where like literal name tags and grievances will pop up on the screen and there's like a freeze frame of a person's face and like a super fast like um zoom like from a wide shot to like a super close-up zoom on their face and and their name you know will pop up and it's a freeze frame and tell tell you what their grievance is um against harley there's just different things like that combined with this like spaghetti western score reminded me a lot of uh like tarantino stuff for some reason um yeah so that may have been all i needed or all i had to talk about uh, it's kind of cool that it's, like, totally removed from the cinematic universe, the DC cinematic universe. Yeah. There's just, like, the tie with the Joker, but they don't... They get rid of him really easily. Yeah. Quick. Very quick, which was nice. And they don't uh, have Jared Leto. They just have, like, a double person, the back of a double person at one point. Uh, that was cool. I like that it, like, functions on its own. And then, um, the stunts, like the fight scenes and everything mm-hmm. in the movie, were, if you, if you watch a lot of comic book movies, and specifically Marvel movies, so many of them are, like, all CG, totally, they're just, like, it doesn't matter if they're in a, like, a Iron Man suit, or if they're physical human beings fighting each other mm-hmm. a lot of them are just like cg and don't feel real at all there's like there's the standout scenes and um like captain america winter soldier and civil war between uh like captain america and winter soldier and iron man there's different scenes throughout those movies those specifically, I think, they were, like, 
the best fight scenes in the Marvel movies and a lot of comic book movies. But on the whole, Marvel movies like rely on CG so much for action sequences and just feel like you're watching nothing. You're like not, you don't care. You're bored watching action sequences. Um, but the action sequences in Birds of Prey um, were amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually one to, like, once a fight scene starts I usually like tune it out yeah <laughs> like it's it's not like difficult to watch mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to pay attention because there's a lot going on and it's just not very interesting to me mm-hmm. um but the fight scenes in this are different and I actually found myself like kind of scooting up on my seat you know mm-hmm. um and it's just, it goes back to, like, the the director being, like, a woman because it's a completely different kind of perspective, you know? Um, like, when, um, Canary? Yeah, Black Canary. When Black Canary was fighting and, um, she had long hair and her hair was, like, getting in her face and she was, like, grunting at, like, having to flip her hair <laughs> Um, back over and over and uh, Harley offers her a hair tie like in the middle Mm -hmm. of this fight scene and it's just like small little things like that make so much more of a difference like you said like with the CG it's difficult because it's not realistic by any means Mm -hmm. you know you can like you can tell but this felt like a lot more realistic it felt like a lot more genuine and I mean, that kind of attention to detail is not something that I've ever been able to find with, like, a male director. Yeah, definitely. And then there's just, like, different things throughout, like, the different action sequences throughout the movie are actually telling a story or, like, doing something for the character. Like, there's different action sequences with... Um, the Huntress character where you're learning about her entire backstory where she's like part of this family that's been murdered by another uh, Gotham um, mob family and stuff and you're like seeing her training and then like her she has there's motivation in like all of the action sequences for each of the characters whether it's, like, Montoya, um, like, losing her job and, you know, being kind of, like, an embarrassment and failure and, like, a drunk and stuff and, like, showing up, you know, to redeem herself later on at the amusement park or, um, Black Canary, like, taking a risk to save Harley from being abducted outside the Mm -hmm. the club whenever she's like super wasted and Black Canary can just walk away doesn't need to do anything but then you you see like you find something out about her character that she steps in at that point and um you also see like she's a badass (laughs) beats the crap out of people um yeah, and then there's just, like, 
there's so many good Harley fight scenes, and the, <laughs> the cocaine fueled fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's also just so well done. Um, they had, I mean, I heard like they had reshoots on the movie with um, a lot of people are just like being really stupid, uh, giving credit for action sequences to this a male director, um, Chad's. Stahelski, uh, he directed, like, the John Wick movies and stuff, so you can see, like, you can see similarities in action sequences, um, like, the choreography between action sequences and Birds of Prey and the John Wick movies, but also that's just, like, that's what the guy's job is, he's literally an, like, an action choreographer, so, there's going to be, that's what he's hired for, is to, like, show up and choreograph fight scenes and stuff, and that's what his whole job was before he directed John Wick, and, like, he's not the one, he doesn't get credit directing all of the movies that he worked on before he directed John Wick, so there's no reason to give him credit or assume that he did the directing on this film that's directed by a female director but anyways just wanted to point that out because I've seen it pop up a lot whether it's like people praising him and or defending the director and stuff and it's just a dumb argument but anyways Kathy Yon director of this movie can't wait to see what she does next I'm getting tired. Yeah, me too. Are you ready yeah. to wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been episode three of Please Be Excited. If you haven't seen Birds of Prey, go see it, please. Go see it. It's very maybe, good. Maybe a couple times. Maybe see it while it's in theaters and yeah. then get it when it comes out. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at please be excited and on Twitter at excited pod. And that's been episode three. I think mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> you ready for bed? Yeah. <laughs>